Hey y'all, my name is Angela. I'm a single mom by choice and this is Single Seeking Sperm. You like that little ditty? It might change, who knows? It was free, so, you know. <laughs> I'm just trying out here, you know, trying to feel out what's right and what what seems right works right, you know. But yeah, again, grace, because this is only the second time I've ever made a podcast, and this one will be a little bit longer um, than like the six and a half minute intro I lasted, but we are going to get into it. Okay, today I'll be discussing why I chose to be a single mom by choice. Um, this is a bit of a loaded topic that made my brain hurt a little to think about because, you know, now I actually am a single mom by choice and it was bringing back a lot of memories. Um, I know what I should say is being a single mom by choice is a brave and personal decision that requires careful consideration. It does, but <laughs> what really happened is that my OB, and I quote, said, what the fuck are you doing, Ange? <laughs> this was just days after my 36th birthday. Um, you know, I hadn't had a period in 10 years because of my birth control, my IUDs, and was about to have my third IUD put inside of me. Um, she asked a question I hadn't thought about in depth in a long time. Do you want kids, Angela? If you do, maybe you should figure out what the fuck your body is doing right now. Um, I told her I did want kids, but, you know, I'm not dating anybody. So, like, what do I do? And she looked at me dead in the face and said, uh, so you do it on your own. <laughs> I surely blank stared right back at her in that moment. Um, I sort of hesitated and I was like, so I will not be getting the IUD, right? <laughs> um, she told me to start tracking my cycles, see if they even come. And if that happens, I can think on it a while. And if I want to get the IUD after I think about it and figure out what my body's doing, she would be more than happy to stick that thing up inside me as soon as possible. Um, you have to understand that me and my OB, we had this type of relationship. So in case you're thinking, wow, a doctor shouldn't have said that, I did not feel ashamed or anything or pressured into this um, to not getting birth control. But no one else was asking me these questions. So I was actually really grateful that she had. Um, I was driving home and just thinking about it. And I actually remembered a chat I had with a really close friend of mine who was going down the single mom by choice journey herself. I did not know that's what it was called. And I don't think she ever told me that's what it was called. Uh, I just knew she was doing fertility treatments with donor sperm to have a baby. I had no idea this even like was an option till then. And honestly, I hadn't thought about it until my OB had asked me about it. Um, I think it like when she was telling me this, I think I actually was like, um, so do you have to have like a psyche valve? <laughs> she laughed at me and she was like, Angela, as long as you got the money, <laughs> these doctors will do whatever. So I was like, all right. Um, so that's where my whole decision making process started. Uh, my doctor asked me to go home and think about it. So that's what I did. And in typical me form, I decided to research it like I was trying to come up for a cure for cancer. 
or something. Um, I joined Facebook groups, all kinds of fake Facebook groups, uh, like TTC groups, which that means trying to conceive. Those people can get a little crazy. Like you'll never look at more the faintest, 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 faintest pink line on a pregnancy test than you will in those groups, right? Like they are manipulating the hell out of those things to try to find that pink line. Um, some single mom by choice groups, SMBC groups, uh, donor groups, donor conceived children groups, how to get pregnant with twins groups so that I could know how not to get pregnant with twins because that was one of my big fears. Twins runs in my family. So I was not trying to do all that. Um, I spent nights thinking, damn, Angela, like, how'd you get here? Trying to decide if maybe it would be worth like going back to one of my exes just to have a kid. Uh, that did not last long because <sighs> that just, mm-mm, nope, not a good idea. So, um, I started to think back on my dating life. I, you know, it got real deep. I got real introspective, interthoughtful, whatever it's called. Um, I started to think and I was like, in the last few years, what does my dating look like? I started to realize my desire to become a mom and start a family had become greater than my desire to fall in love and get married. This was kind of a shocker for me. As I self-reflected, it was mind-blowing to me to actually see what my real priorities were. I was assuming this whole time that they were society's priorities where you fall in love, you date, you fall in love, you get married, but they they weren't at all anymore. I think maybe at one point they were, but then that changed. Um I was talking about kids within the first few dates and asking how quickly they would want to have kids, quote unquote, joking around saying, um, I'm not getting any younger. But with like major truth behind it, they were like, ha ha ha. No, shoot, you're scary. Um, it all made sense now why there was very few like second and third dates. <laughs> so um, it's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. Okay. So I decided that instead of putting the pressure on a man, I was going to turn that pressure around and put it on myself. I went to Amazon and I ordered ovulation strips, lots and lots of ovulation strips. Um, I mean, I say that, but you can get like a hundred of them for $20 or something. Um, so, yeah, I ordered lots of ovulation strips and they actually would usually come with like 10 pregnancy twists, twists, tests. Um, this was weird for me because it was the first time I was buying pregnancy tests and thinking, man, I hope one day these are positive. Oh my God, it was so weird, y'all. Um, it's like I wanted it, but getting there was just, just foreign to me. And so I had to start thinking about it. Um, at that time, I thought, you know, what is a really, really, really good idea right now? While I don't have birth control in and I'm trying to learn how I ovulate, all that, how about, Angela, how about you get a fuck buddy? <laughs> so, I, you know, I said I made decisions. They're just not always good decisions, okay? <laughs> Honestly, I sort of wanted to test this ovulation thing out, like, you know, if I could actually track it and use it as birth control. Um, spoiler alert, I could not. <laughs> Turns out you can't just track it. You also have to indeed not have sex when it says you're ovulating. So um, my supreme willpower 
was a little bit more like regular unleaded willpower at like the cheapest gas station down the street. Right. So, okay. So that's when I had my very first miscarriage. Um, An oopsie with a fuck buddy ended up making me realize just how much I really wanted a baby and how devastating loss can be. Um, unfortunately, this wouldn't be the last time I suffered a loss of a pregnancy. Um, so yeah, I mean, that like royally sucked and actually happened only the next cycle after I got my IUD out. So that was a big shocker. I, I definitely did not think and maybe, I don't know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't know. There was, I don't know. I just don't know. The OB, the new OB, because I'd gone, I'd moved to Florida and the new OB was like, well, at least you know you can get pregnant. Um, newsflash, that's not a fun thing to hear when you're going through a loss. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that more when we talk about infertility and all the good and bad things you say to people that are dealing with that. So, um, okay, so back to the reasons I chose this life. Uh when thinking about being an SMBC, one of the main things to consider is, can I raise a child fully on my own? Um, I ended up doing a pros and cons list. And for me personally, the pros far outweighed the cons. But the major con was the financial aspect. This is what made me so nervous. Um, I had a good job with great benefits and a master's degree, but I still was nervous about what could happen. To be completely honest, it's something that is still a big struggle for me, but for reasons I didn't even consider at the time. All the medical issues Kaya's had has put me in a less than ideal situation, but what's amazing is you always find a way. Um, When you become a mom, something like a superpower comes over you and survival just happens. It's hard to explain it. It really is. And honestly, I don't know if I even understand it fully and how I even do it. Um, But moms are badass superheroes and no one can tell me otherwise. (laughs) So the thought of raising a child on my own without needing to agree um, on a lot of stuff with a partner, though, was very appealing. It was very appealing to my control issues. So shout out to those of us with control issues. Um, That's okay. You know, working on it. Uh, Though for me, the desire and ability to raise a child on my own wasn't the scary part. It was really the exciting part. Um, I had seen a lot of discourse in people's lives when it came to agreeing with their partner on parenting choices and styles. This was terrifying for me. Um... I think I wouldn't have to deal like to think to think I wouldn't have to deal with that brought me a lot of peace. I would just be able to raise this child how I wanted to and not have to answer to anybody and stress out about that. And that was something that was um, just really exciting for me, I guess. Um so yeah, I'll tell you right now, right now um, you're never fully going to be ready. Uh, there will always be reasons to not do this. Okay. Like you're going to convince yourselves at times, but at some point you'll just have to take the leap, commit and make it a reality. One thing I want to make crystal clear is just because you start trying to have a baby doesn't mean you will magically become pregnant right away. For some of us, that happens. For some of us like myself, it does not. And I was not ready for that part. So because this is my story and frankly, my podcast, I will touch a lot on those that have gone through the disappointment of trying and trying and failing over and over. 
Um, I hope it can bring hope or in the least bit, just a sense of relief knowing someone out there gets it and there are other people that struggle, you know, and for those that don't have to deal with it, like God bless you. Um, and hopefully you will be more grateful and more understanding for those that do have to deal with it. So, okay, so now I've made the decision. <laughs> now what? <laughs> Fortunately for me, I joined a ton of Facebook groups where I compiled a lot of information on how to do all this. First thing first, um, I asked my OB for all the blood tests to be ran. You are going to want your AMH, TSH, and FSH. Just look it up. Um, Essentially, it tells you how your eggs are doing. It can point to the likelihood of you being able to conceive. I mean, allegedly, right? There's a lot of factors. There's an actual thing, a diagnosis that is called quote, unexplained infertility. And that is something in like science books. So just get ready. There's possibilities that you'll never know. Why the fuck? It's not easy to have kids. Um, Do not go out and spend a bunch of money on these tests. If you talk to your OB nicely, um, most likely they can get them ordered for you for the just the price of your copay. There's like, you know, those there's tests that you can do that, you know, are commercial that just don't waste your time because you can get that from your OB for basically free. Um, so you get the test. And while you're waiting, <laughs> you can do something fun and maybe check out sperm donors. Woohoo! Oh, Lord, this was like you would think it is the fun part, but it's also a very stressful part. Um, there are several sperm banks across the U.S. I'm not too knowledgeable about the ones outside of the U.S., unfortunately, but the U.S. ones um, also ship international to some places. So there's that. Um, the main ones are Fairfax Cryobank, Seattle Sperm Bank, California Cryobank, and Zytex. Um, there's way more, I'm telling you, but these are some of the biggest ones. So um, one, like most of these will be accepted at your clinic. You know, if you if you're if you choose to go that way as a clinic, um, you can also thank the pandemic for convincing the sperm banks to ship to your house. So you can just do a home insemination if you want. That works for some. I know mamas that that has worked for. It's crazy to me and I am super jealous, but that works. Um, okay, so this is where I'm going to slip in a code for a free three month um, tier three subscription to California Cryobank. Write this down. W0316 UKC. All right. Again, W0316 UKC. And you can um, write that down and then go over to California Cryobank and use that. It's a $250 value. It allows you to browse profiles and see pictures. Um, If you're listening to all this for the infertility or NICU stories, because a lot of you I've connected that way, feel free to still go use it and browse. Um, I highly encourage people to make themselves more aware of things that don't directly affect them. Just, you know, see what it's like to go browse through some sperm bank or sperm donor profiles. So, yeah. Okay, picking a donor can be a very deep and convoluted decision. I considered all types of things. Um, Did you know there's an app called Just a Baby that is literally Tinder for sperm donors? Yes, it's out there. I was on it. I quickly deleted it. No hate towards it. It just wasn't my thing. Woo, are there some characters on there, but 
there's also people that it's worked for and they've like had beautiful babies. So there you go. Um, this is like you use that app if you're choosing to have what's called a known donor. Um, there are some risks you take. A known donor is someone you meet and know in some way. Like they don't got to be a bestie. They could be off just a baby app or a Facebook group. There's a lot of Facebook groups. Um, the the main one, like the main concern and risk is the inability to assure that the donor can't come after your child sometime down the road. Uh, the donor also runs the risk of the of him like of you coming after him for child support at some point. So that might sound absurd, but it has happened. Unfortunately, there's no regulation for all of this at the moment. You can write a contract and get it notarized and all that, but it still gives no promise that that will be held up in court. Um, a man cannot sign away his rights to his child so easily, according to courts. Okay, so. But if you want to use a known donor and also use a doctor for an insemination at a clinic, so like not, you know, like a home insemination or whatever, as long as you go through their process, it can be held up in court that the donor was in fact just a donor. Um, There is usually like a six month incubation period for this. The donor donates and then comes back six months later, donates again to make sure there's no like diseases or infections or HIV or any of that. Right. Okay. Um, even with all those risks, actually, I did attempt one time to use a known donor. It ended in a very early miscarriage, um, although I wanted the baby just as much as I wanted all the babies. Um, I did have a lot of anxiety going into that round. Um, after that, I knew I would never try with a known donor again. From then on, it would be from the banks only. This process is stressful enough. I didn't need to add to that. I want to say I want to know some people like it totally works. And I love that. I wish because the price of sperm is up right at one of at Cali Cryo where you're going to like with that free code. It's like eighteen hundred dollars for one milliliter of freaking sperm. So just know that it would be really nice to have a known donor that you can trust. So. Oh, gosh. Okay, where am I at? Um, Enter Starbucks. Um, Okay, and by the way, I will do a full in-depth, like, why I chose my donor. I know y'all are, like, drooling for this, okay? Because, you know, I have a black donor. I know it. It needs its own episode, okay? But, okay, Enter Starbucks. (laughs) I got a job at Starbucks to pay for my IVF. Um, They have IVF coverage and their insurance, even for part-time employees. Mind you, don't expect to get a check. (laughs) If you choose their top-tier insurance that covers the most, it costs, it like, costs a lot for the premiums. Um, It's still worth it though. There's like, you can get up to zero deductibles and zero out of pocket because you're just paying so much. And if you don't make as much like at Starbucks, it'll go into like if your check doesn't cover, it'll go into errors. But if you quit, they don't usually come back. Usually, okay, this is not a promise, but they do not, they don't usually come after you. So they have an entire team dedicated in their benefits department for women going through IVF and using the IVF benefits because they know so many people do it and they love it. I will tell you, I had no like, pushback at all. I was I was honest during my interview, everything, and they were all about it. And they like when I talked to um the benefits department about the IVF, they were like, 
y'all are some of our hardest workers because you're doing something and working for something that you literally want so bad. And this is your last resort. <laughs> so that is really cool. So pro get a job at Starbucks. Um, Again, I'll get way more into that in another episode. I know I keep saying that, but I really want to give some of these topics like really depth, um, like go really in depth to them. They deserve that because I get so many questions about so many of these steps. So that's why I'm doing a podcast, though. So um, I chose to do. OK, so like I get the IVF coverage and I chose to do a new procedure called Invisel. Um Simply put, they give you half the medications you would usually have for like a full IVF cycle. So it sometimes is called as mini IVF, but mini IVF can be done with or without Invisil. But I chose to use Invisil. Um, after the egg retrieval, so you take all the meds and then you go to the egg retrieval. And that day, like immediately after your egg retrieval, they take your eggs and the sperm. And for me, they did what's called ICSI. That's when they take the sperm and put it into the egg. So they like, you know, fertilize it. Well, they inseminate it, but, you know, it's on its own to like fertilize, really fertilize and take. Um, so you put it in there and then you put all those eggs, like hopefully to turn to embryos in a device. And then you stick that device up your Okay. And you keep it there for five days. So instead of it being in a lab, it is up your hoo-ha, right? And the cool thing about that is it gets used to your like pH levels, your movements, your body heat, your body chemistry, all that. It's so cool, right? So I was a little skeptical and I had, um, what was it? I had four put in the lab and five put in the imbecile device and put in my, right? So, um, and out of uh, like I had nine eggs, only four fertilized and only one made it to blastocyst. And that was the one in the imbecile device. So that's just saying I kind of wish I had put them all in there, but I was worried. But now, you know what? I have Kai. That's all I wanted. wanted one baby anyway. Um, they transferred that little guy uh, on day five. So I did what's called a fresh transfer. So, you know, it just like it doesn't get frozen or sent off or whatever. I just do it that day. Right. So, and that is where the story of Kai began. Um, I will say this. <laughs> when you start to actually try to have this little baby, you want so bad, right? You're like working, you're buying sperm, you're doing everything, you're talking to your doctors. I want you to know that the moment you get a positive pregnancy test and the holy shit, what have I done? Reaction comes. That is completely normal. All right. I had had that bad each and every time I saw one, but especially with Kai as my lines got darker and darker and darker. Every time I tested, I was like, what have I done? <laughs> I tested a lot. Okay. I wasn't one of those who hit it to announce it on my Instagram. Um, as far as I was concerned, my Insta family were the besties I needed to walk every step of the way with me, right? Um, plus, when you have a lot of followers that struggle with infertility, big pregnancy announcements can be triggering. And I personally just wanted to respect that on my own, um, just single mom by choice Instagram, right? So now in regards to a Facebook announcement and telling people in my real life, this was a bit more complicated. Um, when telling my family, I got mostly good reactions. I did have one family member 
that hurt me really bad with his opinion on it. He called it selfish, told me I would traumatize a child, not giving it a father. This was all in writing, okay? I didn't even dignify it with a response, but instead, I just blocked him and didn't speak to him for like over a year. Um, We have since healed from that, which I'm grateful for, okay? I'll tell you this though, so that you can know. Everyone might not be on board, but as long as you have your peace with it, that's all you need. Of course, finding support is huge. Sometimes though, that support might come in a different way than you expect. So keep your mind open. I had major support from Instagram and I know that sounds so weird, but those people got me through it. Okay. Like these people I've never met in my life got me through it. Those are my girls. Um, I will say my dad was thrilled. Okay. He was just so excited to have another grandbaby coming. Um, it makes my heart smile knowing that he got to meet Kai and hold Kai and love on him before he passed. Um, I have now lost both my mother and my father. My mother was in January 2021 and my father just this past September. It's hard. It's very, very hard doing this without them. Um, I know they're here with me in spirit, but sometimes that just doesn't feel like enough. So, um, Yeah, just knowing Kai will not have any grandparents at all, um, at least none that are blood, that sucks. Um, I'm still on the lookout for some grandparents that want to fake adopt Kai and spoil him with all the grandparent old people love they got. So let me know if you're free. Um, I do have four sisters that are amazing aunts to Kai, as well as some core besties that live close that um, love on him and treat him and love on him like aunties themselves. So that helps a lot. Um, so yeah. Okay. When deciding to become an SMBC, one thing to really consider is your support system. I moved to where I knew Kai needed to be in order to get the right support he needed. Being biracial meant I needed to be somewhere that he could be surrounded by the culture I could not give him directly, black culture. So I moved across the country to Atlanta. I knew my amazing besties were there already, and it was such, such a great decision. Um, Being a single mom by choice is a decision, okay, that comes with benefits and challenges. It's important to carefully consider your options and make a decision that's perfect for you. With the right planning, resources, and support system, it can be a rewarding and fulfilling experience that always allows you to create your own family on your own terms. I hope this episode has been helpful in providing some insight into this important and personal decision, at least from my point of view. Um, If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me via Instagram. Um, My Instagram is a single mom by choice. I'm still working on getting, okay, you guys get this. I'm working on getting single seeking sperm on Instagram, but Instagram won't allow me because they think it's like porn. (laughs) or something. They're like, I made it. And then they blocked it like immediately. So yeah. Um, for now you can find me on Instagram at a single mom by choice till I figure that shit out. Okay. Um, don't forget to subscribe and rate me and all that jazz. I cannot believe I'm saying that, but it really does help and it would be great. Um, tune in next week for another conversation. Uh, my goal is every Wednesday to release an episode, but we shall see. At least once a week. Okay, I can give you that. Uh, 
I don't know. As I get more used to it, like maybe more fine-tuned, I'll get like a specific date. For now, I'm going to say Wednesdays, but listen, grace. I need grace. So yeah. Okay. You got this, ladies. Keep on pushing forward. We haven't come this far to come this far. Bye.